We're going to uh, kind of conclude the aspect of uh, Bereshit Genesis that we didn't complete uh, because uh, I guess we spent about close to three hours the last time and I thought we it was time to quit, right? The most important aspect that we only touched upon but that we did not really uh, delve into which coincidentally has to do with this week's portion which is Pashat Vayera Pashat Vayera and as in all classes we want to immediately press the uh, right keyboards and open up the mental computer so that we can grasp not only the 5% understanding but to permit that vast mental computer of grasping many levels of the same thing. So even though after leaving the class we uh, we think we have one kind, of one state of understanding, but little by little we begin to review what we've studied and suddenly we see many other facets. So we begin by reading the uh, Impashat Vayera, Rabchia Patach, and as of those of you who do not understand the importance of reading the Hebrew, when the book comes out, you'll understand it more fully. But nevertheless, the power of the Alabet is that power that was once lost and is now, hopefully in the age of Aquarius, going again to be restored. Power of the Alabet. Therefore, we are reading in Hebrew... And I wish to repeat for those of you who have no knowledge of Hebrew, can't read Hebrew, never read Hebrew, don't even know the alphabet, you know the aspect of scanning. If you ever walked into a supermarket, in the most modern supermarkets, you can see the way they that register can pick up uh, your goods just by that little box going across a, a scanner and everything is registered instantaneously. So that's the same way we we uh, deal with uh, the reading even if you don't understand it but read it this is a verse in uh, Song of Songs Shira Shirim which says that suddenly the uh, the uh, crops appeared and it was the time for uh, for singing and the Kol HaTorah Tor suddenly was heard in the land. This is referring to, according to the Zohar, to Genesis 2. You know, we discussed Genesis 1, and Genesis 2 is where we deal with the actual physical corporeal manifestation of Genesis. Genesis 1 dealt with thought, energy, intelligence. Nothing more. It dealt with the reality. It dealt with the 99% of everything. It dealt with the 99% of a table, which is obviously not the physical wood, but it is that thought intelligence consisting of atoms, which again is only one-tenth of one percent of reality. It's the 99% that we're talking about. That's what we want to connect to, because reality 
is where everything exists, all information exists, and where the cosmos actually exists. When the Lord created the world, He infused and inserted all of the energy that earth would ever need. However, the Kula have a and it was all there. But below Afikat. But it did not produce any fruit whatsoever. The earth was there. The trees were there. Everything was there. But everything remained in a, in a state of animated suspension. In other words, it was what we can picture to some extent like the seed. Potential. We don't even know what potential means. We only know in the frame of reference relative to actual. Actual. When things become manifest, when things are in movement, they are actual. Before that, it is thought. Thought is not actual, so thought is potential. When I think of doing something, we call that potential. Because it's only in thought. It has not become manifest, so we call that potential. At the time of creation, at the time of creation, everything was in animated suspension, was in a state of potentiality. That means the sun that shines in Genesis 1 was a sun that did not shine, but had the potential to shine, but it did not shine. It did not shine. Ad de Adam until Adam was created. Kaven de itvare Adam kula itchaze baalma vara gliat eba vechela de itpagdu ba. A revelation by the Zohar. When in Genesis two Adam was actually created, when he was drawn forth from the earth. Adam, from the Adama, at that point that Adam became a living, physical human being, suddenly everything began to sprout. Everything began to appear in movement. Everything began to become revealed as we know it today. Kigavna Dashamayim, the heavens, all of the heavens, Lo Yavu Chelin Lara Adata Adam, the heavens, which produces rain, clouds, everything that pertains to the heavens, all of the planets that orbit, did not make any movement until Adam was created. The reason, states the Zohar, 
The reason why there was no movement, the reason that the heavens could not act in furnishing rain and other aspects that come from the heavens, were not revealed. They were not revealed because Adam Ayin, because Adam, Adam was not there. And all remained withheld in this potential state. And the moment that Adam came to the scene, everything became revealed and everything became manifest. So the first lesson we learned from this Zohar was that in Genesis 2, because Adam appeared Adam and only Adam created the condition that everything would then become manifest and therefore continues and concludes the Zohar that man controls the cosmos man controls every animated and inanimated object in this universe. That means we should be able to bend spoons. We should be able to stop the sun, although we have read in Joshua. He stopped the moon, he stopped the sun, stopped the movement of the moon. Things like that has happened. Moses stopped the river, the Red Sea from flowing. You can say it was fable, it was myth. Or you can say that man has that capacity, according to the Zohar. That means not only Joshua, not only Joshua, but every person has that potential to create an action. But the first thing we're all going to raise, but I try to do things with my mind. And somehow it doesn't work out. Even if I'm in business, I can really thoroughly plan out a business. And even then it can fail. And that's all on a physical level. And now the Zohar is trying to convince us that those aspects, those objects that I don't even really have the kind of capsules that can bring me to the sun, to control the sun, come in contact with the sun... No, goods in a, in a factory, at least I can feel and I can touch it. So to some extent I can control it. But now you're telling me I can Adam control the universe and we all come from Adam. And therefore the Zohar says, everyone, because we're all Adam, everyone has that same power to control. But why don't we see it today? Does it really exist? If you remember, we have repeated time and time again that the physicist today has come to the final conclusion that if I'm in New York and I'm thinking of flying to California next week, but because right now I'm thinking of going to California, in fact, in that trip to California, I'm going to take off a couple of hours and walk along the beach on the Pacific Ocean 
And while I'm on that sandy beach, I'm going to create footprints. Those footprints already appear before I land in California and before I start walking on that beach. This is the conclusion, and I'm not a physicist, and of course they admit they do not understand how could something occur when on a physical level the individual hasn't even, hasn't even come there? How could that footprint appear? But this is a firm conclusion that because of quantum, which for the Kabbalist was a simple explanation, space and time, not being in two places at the same time, is an illusion. An illusion? I'd like to be in California, or maybe I'd like to be down in Florida. I'd like to be in a warm spot right now. Can I be there? If you've ever been to Acapulco, close your eyes for a minute. Could you be there? Mm-hmm. Could you enjoy it? Mm-hmm. In that thought? Absolutely. Can you feel warm? Absolutely. That's what the fellow in the mental institution does all day. He's enjoying life 24 hours a day. And the reason he's still there is the doctors have got to do something about that. How can they take him out of this happy position? Right? I mean, how dare he be happy all day? For those of you who never heard the story that will appear soon in, in another book, you know, about the doctor telling his patient, who's in a mental institution, I'm going down to Acapulco. He says, I'll see you down there. Of course, it's obvious that the man is deranged and they're not going to let him out of here. And the doctor, you know, prepares for this this well-earned vacation with his wife, comes to the airport, snowstorm, seven hours in the plane on the ground until they get clearance. And then he's got a suite facing the ocean, gets there. And, you know, he's been told that uh, they were overbooked. Right? We have to repeat that story because we really don't want to believe it. And uh, the only available room is the one down in the cellar. But what's he going to do now? He's got there. And he has to go through these three weeks of misery and comes back to the same situation. And they're snowed in and so he's flying all around and when he gets down there, I mean, he can't, uh, can't even get his car to take him home. I mean, it's it's a real disaster. He gets back, finally back to the hospital and the patient says, how'd you enjoy yourself? He says, worst time I ever had. Terrible. I should never have done it in the first place. He says, why? I was down there with you. What a wonderful time I had. I rolled out my jet, got to Acapulco. I, I reserved in advance the suite and there it was ready. In fact, I didn't even feel like eating in the, in the dining room. I was serving in the room all the time. The chauffeur picked me up each day to travel out on the sandy beach and what a great vacation now of course the doctor hears this he summons all the other doctors this man is really getting worse you understand he's getting worse I mean he's he's great this doctor is great with all his vacation but he's getting worse because he's enjoying himself so what's reality we've been so conditioned to what reality is that we're forgetting what really reality is all about 
Reality tells us the physicist today is not what the five senses can observe. They're crazy, maybe. Right? They may be crazy. You know, the old saying, what I can feel, touch, that's reality. They tell you, no, that's no longer reality. That's an illusion. You ever heard of an uncertainty principle? Illusion. It's an illusion. Don't believe it, they're telling us today. Just the opposite of the way they used to convince us about don't believe anything you don't see, feel, touch, smell. Today's the other way around. The five senses is a total illusion. Therefore, we begin with the premise that what we imagine and what we think, what we think is reality. But then you'll say, well, I want a million dollars to come right down. If thought can produce a million dollars, I want a million dollars to appear on the table. Well, I'm the mental patient now, and I say, I see it. But you all say, but I don't see it. But the physicist told us what you don't see is not reality. It's really there. And I enjoy it, because I see it on the table. Who's going to tell me that? Am I insane? The physicist says that 5% is not reality. 95% that potential that we're told we should achieve is reality. So the answer is, according to the Zohar, that man was created with the total control of every situation in his life. But there could be two problems. First of all, I have to believe that it could be so, right? And if the doctors tell you, like we discussed in the morning, the only thing I can promise you is temporary relief, that means I have to exclude that there can ever be relief. Because he's already said, temporary relief. So there can't be relief. In your mind, you've established temporary relief, that's all you're ever going to get. This is what the Zohar is trying to tell us. That we are in control, and when you seek totality, that's what you get. But unfortunately, we are so consumed in the aspect of 5% of the illusion, therefore, we never achieve that which we believe we want to achieve. But that we have this potential, and that in Genesis 2, in Bereshit, this condition was created, the answer is absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. Nothing moves in this universe. Nothing moves in this universe without man or mankind's activity. Nothing. Nothing. But you say nothing seems to change. If I can change the sun, doesn't it appear as if it, it moves and I have no control? And I have no control. The answer is, when I see that the sun, when I see that the sun is moving, it might very well be an illusion. It might be an illusion. According to the physicist, it is an illusion. Now, what does it mean if I stop the sun or I don't stop the sun? In the area of 95%, if I say I want to stop the sun, assuming there are other conditions, obviously, that would require something from me before I can do whatever I want to do. But 
The fact that I do not observe the sun, not stopping, not stopping, does not necessarily mean that the sun hasn't stopped. This already is established within quanta physics. It's already been established. I don't have to prove that point any longer. If I am an individual that can connect with the sun, I can stop the sun. Now, why did Joshua want to stop the sun? Couldn't he have defeated the enemy without the sun? I mean, what would happen if it became nightfall? What would have happened if it became nightfall? I mean, the man could create such a miracle and stop the sun, but you understand he couldn't defeat the enemy. I mean, is this logical? Does it sound logical? Would you say that's logical? That he needed the daytime because then he could see how they can shoot. Because if it was nighttime, how could he, how could he get the enemy, right? But he can stop the sun. And we're told to believe this is what happened. It's totally illogical. So if we want to merely read the Torah, as the Zohar says, on that superficial level, you've got nowhere. Therefore, we must interpret what happened with Joshua in another area, in another frame of reference. What did Joshua want? Joshua was tapping the energy of the sun. Joshua was tapping the energy of the sun. Why did he need the sun to be shining? Not that he could see the enemy. The enemy was, the enemy was a problem, that's true. But whether it became nightfall or whether it was daytime was not his problem on that physical level. Because we know that the sun represents not something that shines, but a thought, energy, intelligence. It's a power. We tap the energy of the sun. Nightfall, you would say, ah, at night it became dark. The sun stopped shining. Is that true? Of course not. The sun is not shining right now in Hong Kong. The sun is not shining now, not California, but certainly in the Philippines. What does it mean that he needed or he didn't want the sun? Because the sun follows the commands, not the physical sun. The Torah was never discussing that physical illusionary realm called the sun. The sun has a thought, energy, intelligence. Because you have to ask yourself the question, why does everything rotate around the sun? No astronomer ever dreamt of asking the question, let alone receiving an answer. Why does everything revolve around the sun? Along came Shabtai Dangalo, that famous physicist, that famous physician, and above all, that famous astrologer and astronomer, who said, who obviously took this space capsule to the sun, investigated and explored the sun, and found out that the sun has a balanced, a balanced state of all energies that exist in this universe. It's balanced. And the reason why everything twirls around, it's like the electron. 
Don't ever ask the physicist why the electron circles around the nucleus. You know, that's not a question. Everyone knows that is. He has a problem today because he says he can't very well see everything. But let's just say he knows. We all believe it's there. But why does it circle around? Why? What? How does the Zora answer that? Because the electron has a thought energy intelligence called the desire to receive. And it's always hungry. And it needs the nucleus to keep tapping. That's why it keeps circling it around. It tries to get close. The minute it gets close, we know the aspect of restriction. Is that right? Everyone wants to get close to the sun. Why? Because the sun has this source of energy. Has this source of energy that everyone and everything wants to tap. Can we exist without the sun? No. What Joshua and what the Nach, the Navi was talking about was not the physical sun. He didn't need the assistance of daylight to control the enemy. But Joshua knew how to tap that power of the sun. And what Joshua knew was that everything in this universe is governed by laws and principles. That means when in this area at 8.30 New York time, that sun which is still shining, for this area, the aspect of negativity, the aspect called night, in other words, what brought night? The sunset? That's a fool. It's like, why is, the, why is Jerusalem or Israel the, the holy city or the holy land? Because the temple was there. But the Kabbalist asks, why was the temple there in the first place to make that place holy? Because nothing on a physical level can ever explain away why things are the way they are. The, the, uh, the leaf, the branch, observing it and exploring a branch doesn't tell me what that seed contained. Nothing that follows can ever explain the thing it came from. Unless I have that seed in front of me. So why does the sun set and what did Joshua mean when he said, I was stopping the movement of the sun? He was stopping not the physical sun. That could have gone on. That wasn't important for him. What he stopped was nightfall, which represents another energy intelligence called night. Darkness. What is darkness? Not the desire to share, not balancing. It's like the electron. Continually, you know. In fact, we know even know some people who run around in circles all day and mirror throughout their entire life. Do we know people like that? It's the same thing. Why are they running around in circles? Because they haven't achieved. They're looking for something that they can't seem to get a handle on. Why are they running around? Why don't they just sit quiet and relax? 
take it all in, enjoy themselves. They're on the go all the time. Why? Like the electron. Like all those planets. See, the cosmos is one. Quanta says everything is one. Everything behaves the same way. Because there's only three kinds of energy intelligences. There's the thought of sharing, which is the sun, that sharing concept, that balanced concept. And so when we get stuck up, we're not giving stuck out to be good people. It was never the intent. It is to activate, to press that key on a computer board. To set up your your hard disk so you can program into what? The information. What's information? Energies. To tap into that sun that is balanced energy so I can take that energy and defeat the enemy. Whether the sun kept moving or not was unimportant. But he knew the laws and principles of the universe that if darkness set in it was only an indication that the sun in this frame of reference could not operate ran back into its animated suspension frame of reference it was not supposed to function now the sun does not function the sun is here but its energy is not felt and because its energy is not felt darkness can come in but that doesn't mean the sun, the physical sun is here or it's not here therefore what Joshua was trying to attempt was through and he knew the Kabbalah obviously Moses knew knew it as well he revealed it in Pashad Bishalach the 72 names and that he passed on to Joshua So Joshua knew how to tune in and control. Not control that the sun didn't move, but that the sun did not cease to function as an energy power, like it functions during the day. We all feel it's warm. Trees can't grow. Nothing can can move without the sun. So what Joshua accomplished, because man has dominion, says the Zohar, in Genesis 2, over everything, over everything that exists in the cosmos. So Joshua took control of the sun. What sun? The physical sun? The 5%? The illusion? That's not where he's at. He wants to get into reality. He wants to get into the real stuff. And so he prevented that energy, the internal energy of the sun, from ceasing to manifest itself. Even though it was nightfall. Even though you couldn't see the sun. But the force of the sun remained still. What does it mean it remained still? It functioned like it would during the day. And so the moon stood still. What do you mean the moon stood still? That's another question by and within itself. The moon stood still. I mean, 
the moon could be during the day. Have you ever seen the moon during the day? So why does, why does the verse have to go into explaining that he put a stop to the sun, he put a stop to the moon? Tails? What we're talking about is a cosmic code, as the Zohar says. There is nothing more in that Torah. Nothing that could be translated, could be interpreted on a physical level. Nothing. It is only to provide us how we can take control, not only of the cosmos, but at its very least, at least take control of our own lives. And that's where really we're, you know, we don't want to bend spoons. Because that isn't going to help much. That isn't going to prevent someone driving on a highway and some drunk coming in at that moment at the wrong time and hitting somebody. What is bending the spoon? If you don't even know, you're not aware of, of what's happening. Can we control these things? That's what the Torah provides us with. That information, for only one reason, that we can again relive that moment of Adam Rishon before the sin when he is in total control of everything and total control at least of his own life. Therefore, when we ask the question, the moon stops, the moon doesn't stop, I want the money to be on the table. If I am in a state of consciousness like Adam Rishon or Joshua, And I have learned the rules, the channels on how to make connection. Because if Joshua couldn't make connection, it's like I face, my face is that way, and Dove is, is facing the other way, and we're not talking to each other. If there's no communication, then you don't know what I want to say, and I don't know what you want to say. There's got to be this aspect always referred to in the Kabbalah as face-to-face. What do you mean face-to-face? Making connections. So, we know that in the Anabakoah, that prayer of Anabakoah, that we recite in the morning, we recite in the afternoon, we recite with Kavanot. Kavanot. Meditation. Particular letters. What is the purpose of that? Why did the Sefi Yitzhira bring that to our attention? Why did the Zohar bring it to our attention? Why did Rabbi Isaac Luria bring it to our attention? Why did all the Kabbalists bring it to our attention? Because, as Rabbi Shimon said, in the age of Aquarius, the Zmana Mashiach, all this information will again be restored. It's here now. It's all printed. Nobody can tell anybody to study or not to study. It's all there. You just have to walk into a bookstore and you can buy it. So it's not a question any longer regarding the availability of this information. It's all there. So some understand it a little deeper, some understand it a little less. But it's all there already. And therefore we have kavanot, therefore we have prayer. For what reason do we pray? For what reason? 
because prayer is that form of system connection, the channels by which we can actually control and dominate everything around us. And despite, despite the fact that maybe I don't see it, I think we've washed that out. Who wants to operate on the 5% level of the five senses? Five senses, 5% is crazy. I guess the, the psychiatrist devotes 1% to each of the five senses. Why does he choose 5% and why are there five senses? I guess they finally came down to the last five. But they recognize that the 95% is your potential. Bring it out. How? What school can you attend? Harvard doesn't give a course on, 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 on revealing the 95%. So where do you go? Where do you go? Who can teach it to you? The Kabbalah makes at least an attempt to bring out that potential of the individual. How can you bring out that potential? By making yourself connected with things that are reality. We're past, present, and future. Because if I wanted that money on the table, and we're talking about a capitalist who could do that, but why did he want the money on the table? Can you imagine if you put a million dollars on the table, close the room, and walk back 50 years later? What do you find? Nothing more than the million dollars served no purpose. So you could have possession of something. It does not necessarily mean that you control it. So when the capitalist said, and he made that connection, he could connect to what? Not that physical. He didn't need the manifestation of the physical being to be able to make use. He made use of energies which are far more superior than to the physical connections. Therefore, getting back to the original point of the Zohar, Whatever we want, whatever we desire, that is what we get, as we've learned in the Talmud Esesfirot. There's no question about it. All of us can close our eyes for a minute. All of us. And we can be wherever we want. And if you think you wanted to have that one million dollars, what could one million dollars buy you? Can it buy you a castle of 285 rooms? No. Why settle for a million dollars? Settle for the castle if that's what you really want. You can have it in a minute. There's only one problem. How do I maintain it? You see. How long can I dream? In fact, if I could keep dreaming, it would be great. But you see, there are other things that happen along the way. In meditation... You can begin meditating about one thing, and it doesn't take maybe five seconds, 20 seconds, or a minute, you're off to something else. You no longer enjoy that which you began to dream. Think about that for a minute. You lost it. You lost it. You're out to something else. Now you're out to some argument you had last week with some fellow, which is so upsetting. And that's taking up now 20 minutes of your thought. Is that right? 
You've lost your 250-room house with the 87 Mercedes, right? With your jumbo jet, which has your own bed and everything else of all the amenities. And they don't let you. You've got to think about something else. Think about it. They don't let you. See, the catalyst could stay right on. He could stay right on. He knows how to maintain it. In Talmud Esespirot, what we learn in the morning is the method by which we want to capture but maintain it. Because there's too much going on that doesn't permit. It doesn't permit us to retain it. That's where the you separate the men from the boys, you see. The boys can think he wants everything and he gets it for a minute. This is something that we is going to need a, a lot of re-education to come to the conclusion that whatever we want, we achieve instantly because Adam Arishon and every humankind following Adam Arishon by being there because Adam Ayin Lavod he wasn't there nothing existed Adam Rishon was there everything everything came out into reality into the real reality that is true for us today but we have a problem how do you maintain that how do you stay away from illusion Okay, we'll have a five-minute break.